0: Is gonna come.
1: See that you actually are a leader.
0: I was <laughs> with Nike for a very long time and built th- my career in retail. You know, I think uh, this podcast just got its first exclusive.
2: Being an entrepreneur is hard. The highs are really high and then the lows are really low. That I'm actually really
1: interested in hearing more
2: about. Can you talk to us a little bit about what it's like transitioning verticals?
1: Being open to opportunity.
0: I feel like, okay, like if not now, then when?
2: Change is going to come. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's motivated podcast. We feature impressive thought leaders and industry experts, and they discuss the core roots of their motivation, as well as how they're keeping everybody around them motivated. My name is Dahlia Strum, and I teach marketing at the Fashion Institute of Technology, as well as run a company called Rethink Connect, where we focus on storytelling through experiential moments. And I am joined today with my wonderful co-host, Pablo Henderson, who's the VP of marketing at Equinox. Pablo, welcome.
1: Thank you, Dahlia. And we are thrilled to welcome Michelle Michelle Edgar to our podcast today and Michelle is head of partnerships at LiveX Live, where we'll find out a lot more about LiveX Live and all the other incredible things that Michelle has been up to um, both before COVID, during COVID, post COVID. She seems to have reinvented herself on many occasions and we're going to get into that uh, as part of our conversation around motivation. So Welcome Michelle.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yes, welcome Michelle. So, so tell us a little bit about your journey to where from where you started to where you are
0: now. My journey started um, at the age of five I fell in love with music. Um, I was just drawn to the instrument and had a passion for it and would practice and just be so fascinated about what this instrument was. And it became an instrumental part of my life. And I followed the music throughout my entire journey. I knew at a young age I had a gift. I went to Manhattan School of Music. I was a band camp girl um, and I decided to you know, major as a concert pianist at Northwestern and double majored with journalism and a minor in music business and uh, pursued a career after graduating Northwestern. Um, in the music business. And I always had a passion for marketing, strategic partnerships, talent, spotting talent, working with up and coming talent and established talent and building brands and businesses and you know, creating authentic marketing campaigns and um, various opportunities for artists. And uh, it was an amazing journey. It brought me to Los Angeles around nine years ago. I'm an East Coaster at heart, a Jersey girl, born in, born in London, raised in New Jersey um but i found my way here to pursue a career in the entertainment space and um i you know have been in i was an agent i was a manager it, it, all in in brand partnerships and found my way on the track during covid you have to find the silver lining and found a new me literally a, a transformation i didn't really have a set plan but um i found my love for sport um i basically discovered the inner athlete in me in the last year um, in 15 months as I, you know, as we all had to get ourselves through various personal uh, trials and tribulations and hurdles in life. And this is a new passion and I'm excited to see how I can contribute in the world of sport and um, athletes and, you know, pursuing a passion as a competitive sprinter.
2: (laughs) You know what? I actually have a question for the both of you because I remember when I was in high school, there was a pinnacle moment and they basically like forced us to decide where we were going to go to college. Like to make that decision, I felt like it was a really big deal. And I know that both you and Pablo have such a passion for music. How did you know which direction to pursue at especially an early age?
1: I mean, in my case, my father was a, a pianist and I had zero talent. And, uh, and he had tried to beat me over the head with musical instruments um, and said, this is gonna be the biggest regret of your life if, you're, if you don't pursue playing an instrument. He was right, I actually have very few regrets. It's one of the only regrets that I have is that I didn't pursue a musical instrument. But um, I fell in love uh, with, with music by becoming an impresario and by promoting the events that enabled people to go listen to music and so my love was still my love of people that manifested uh through music which i think is very different from people who come into music with an understanding of being able to read a musical note and play an instrument um, uh, but you know michelle i won't speak for you you're the one that went to the manhattan school of music <laughs>
0: Well, I had a decision because I could have gone down the more conservatory route or, you know, uh, university. And I really knew that there were other interests that I had. And I wanted to go to a well-rounded university. And I felt that Northwestern had one of the top music, uh, you know, performance uh, programs, as well as some other schools. Like I double majored in the journalism school, which was one of the best in the nation. And I just was curious. And I thought that Northwestern really spoke to me, The, the culture, the diversity Uh, being there in Chicago, a big city was really important to me as a city girl. Um, I always like to say I went west west. And then now I'm finally out here in Los Angeles, but always an East coaster at heart. Um, But I felt like it was the perfect cross section of all my interests. And once I stepped foot on that campus, I'm like, this is where I'm going. My mom was like, are you sure you should maybe explore other things? But my heart, I felt I felt everything about that campus. And I'm very grateful to have gone there.
1: I feel like you've brought up this, I'm an East Coaster thing a few too many times for the first few minutes of this. So let's get to the bottom of this because you're definitely left coast, west coast, best coast in my view, as far as like full on LA music industry, entertainment, glam life. But you keep saying you're an East Coaster. We may have to put that to the test. Um, You've gone back and forth a few times. So what makes you an East Coaster?
0: I think I, I'm just a cultural lover. I, I love the culture and you know the global perspective and the way business happens in, in New York City. And I miss it. I miss it. My family um, is still out east and uh it's something that I just always yearn for, that kind of energy, the the vibrant community and just how quickly things get done. So there's nothing like it. And, Um, It's always nice to learn from people with all different perspectives and that's really what excites me. and opportunities. I feel like in New York, you just, you know, look around the corner and there's another opportunity or not something else new that you learn. And I love Los Angeles and the, the nature, the outdoors, the way, you know, life is here. I mean, it's, we, we don't miss that humidity <laughs> and, you know, you have the mountains and, and nature and the ocean right in our backyard, but it, it is a different, a different vibe. So it's very healthy out here as well, which suits my lifestyle this you know, age and stage of life, but I'm always an East Coaster at heart in terms of the energy and spirit of New York. And I miss it. I haven't been there for over a year and a half. So I think I have, I'm manifesting my next trip. So I'm going to come see you soon, Pablo, hopefully.
1: (laughs) I know, I know a guy in the hotel business. Just, (laughs) (laughs)
0: you know, it's
2: funny. Um, Whenever I leave New York, I notice that like I slow down just a little bit. Like I went to Miami this weekend just for the day. And all of a sudden I was like, I just found my like energy relaxing a little bit, my motivation relaxing a little bit. And I kept saying to myself, I have time. But in New York, I don't have time. I never have time. I have to get this done right now. It had to have been done yesterday. And I think that I agree with you. There's a different energy, a different motivation based on the coast. And, and it's almost like we can feel the energy here. Like we, it motivates us a little bit when we're here and when we go to other locations, which is why vacation is so important it allows us to relax just a little bit, which, which ultimately we need, we need the balance.
1: Do you think that that whole East coast thing is why you stay so busy? Because I can't even keep track of all the things that you are, you are involved in. Like I'm talking about pre COVID, right? You, you were very involved in women's empowerment and business networking. I'd love you to tell us a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Um, you obviously have had some pretty high-profile job opportunities. Um, you know, not jobs that you can kind of dial in. You know, like you have to be very present. There's a hustle involved in those. You know, the music industry, for those that aren't familiar with it, can be very cutthroat. Mm-hmm. So that's an aspect of what you bring to living in LA. How you know? Dahlia said, "Yeah, f- find time to do things." You know, um, I hate it when people ask, you know, how do you find time? I prefer the question of why do you make time? So why do you make time for these things?
0: Well, I I think, you know, why I make time because it's important, it's my calling. I found my purpose. And in order to do certain things, you have to be extremely disciplined. You have to be realistic about setting goals and achieving them. And I'm always a curious person. I love serving the community, uh, building community, um, bringing like-minded people together to really leave an imprint. That's what we're here to do. You know, we only have one life and making the most out of the moments we have in this lifetime. And especially now after COVID, I mean, these moments as life opens up, how are we going to live a new, you know, effective way of living? We've all taken, our learnings and and had that hopefully some clarity and, and thought and time to really think about what's important to us. And these are initiatives that have always been, you know, super important. Being a woman in music led me to start the XX project to, you know, bring together women in leadership to propel business forward, to create a forum, to create a vibrant place where women can get business done. And I felt that it wasn't, it didn't exist. So I wanted to create that space for women to come together I feel
1: like you were ahead of, I mean, uh, to say ahead of the curve is, is, is difficult because there are always pioneers or other people before you who were doing something, but before the Me Too movement, before the um, you know the buzz around equal pay, but, but before all of that, you were fully entrenched and very active. And then I feel like those, uh, there was more of a spotlight that was cast on those issues afterwards is that a fair statement or am i just blurring the timeline on all of that
0: i like to take credit for always being ahead of the curve because i always think i'm a very progressive thinker and creative thinker um and i always like taking risks but i really listen to what the community needs, what people around me. I like listening and learning and and, uh, finding out what people are talking about. And then I'm just the action taker. I'm the risk taker who, you know, takes the baton and just says, all right, let's make it happen. And, uh, you know, you have to find other like-minded, great people to come together and teams to help execute. But I feel like I've always been a little ahead of the curve. I've always, you know, bet my money on certain, you know, artists or brands or projects to break. And I feel grateful that I I just haven't a knack to uh, tap into these things in, in culture and community and artists and, uh, you know, take risks and, and great people to pave the way forward. You know,
2: it's funny. So I teach in continuing education at the Fashion Institute of Technology. And what I find is people have the tendency to go back to school when they want to kind of reinvent themselves a little bit or they want to. And it seems like you've really kind of gone through multiple reinventions, which has been Amazing. How have you motivated yourself to do that, and and what
0: have been the triggers for all of those? I mean, I, my motivations are my passions, so I think you know I always try and follow what. I, I'm tracking in life and, you know, Pablo, you made me think about something as you said, where do you find or how do you do this? And it's not discipline. It's it's really, I, it, it traces back to my training as a concert pianist. I knew as a young girl that I, I was just wired differently. And I used to have to play and practice before concerts five hours a day. So I knew that kind of meticulous training and technique. And I think it's something that I've always been able to apply in my professional life. Um, I mean, it, it affects your personal life sometimes when you have to make certain decisions and can't do certain things because you have other, other um, things that you're creating along the way. Um, definitely now, as I look into these next chapters, I want to have a family and looking to really fulfill and, and build that part of my life, which I feel like as a woman, I've had to make lots of sacrifices along the way. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I've always just been motivated. You know, one of my bosses when I was a journalist said to me, follow the music. And I was a beauty editor at the time, and I said, what is he saying, follow the music, amazing uh, mentor, Peter Bourne at Women's World Daily. And what he was saying to me that I came alive when I was around that environment. And that really resonated because I, at the time I was going over to another beauty job, and it took me a minute to realize what those words were really saying. He said, you're your authentic self. You do your best performance and best work when you're around the music business. So it's interesting how it it took a minute, but then I quickly after that I pivoted into the music business. And then in the last year, I've fallen in love with sports. I, I never played sports as a youngster because piano was my thing. Um, but I have just become really um, immersed into what it's like um, in, in the world of sport, which sport and music is so intertwined. And, you know, the athlete mindset, same as being a musician, it's just a different, you know, baller, <laughs> you know, instead of an instrument, you you have a baller. So, it's just been a really interesting evolution. So, being curious, being um, very open to opportunity, and uh, learning always because I'm I'm now learning about, I'm looking at watching all the Olympics and the trials with a new lens as I, you know, I'm a competitive sprinter during COVID, a hobby I picked up, but, you know, continuing to evolve. Uh, Getting new skill sets, I think that's crucial, especially as you advance into, you know, different levels of executive leadership at companies. That's why I went to law school. So I I, I think being a learner and having that hunger and thirst and, you know, knowing that it will require some sacrifice to continue, you know, your evolution in in this journey.
1: (laughs) I mean, there's lifelong learning and then there's going to UCLA to get a law degree.
2: Thank thank you for saying that, because I was literally just thinking that.
1: I'm a lifelong learner, but I don't know. I mean,
2: uh,
1: I'm not not getting taking my LSAT next week either.
2: And if I
0: am, I'm becoming a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think it's finding the silver lining. What a blessing we've had, you know, during these strange times. I mean, I went through some very challenging personal hurdles, which... Was one of the most difficult times at 38 years old in my life after losing a parent, after going through a divorce, and I had to do some real deep digging inside, and it was very challenging sometimes to lift your head up and keep, you know, one step in front of the other. And that's why I call what I did. It was just running for that life force. I mean, I was at a place where, from the outside, you think I'm living my career dream and all this, but I was really depleted inside and I was doing some real inner soul searching. So, you know, I never thought that at 38 years old, I'd go back to school, but you never know what time or what, who will knock on that door. And when I heard about this UCLA Master's program designed for you know executives and people who can also continue their professional careers and and do this, you know, in in the evening, I said, what a blessing maybe this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And it's opened a whole new variety where, you know, it, it opened my mind. and it's one of the most challenging things that I've ever done in my life, harder than any job. <laughs> going to law school, those exams and, you know, the experience, but also the community and learning from the professors and the amazing, uh, you know, fellow classmates that I have. I just, am very grateful because that has kept me going during these strange uh, COVID times to have that kind of, you know, group. I mean, some of us didn't even meet until just recently after we finished our first year. So it, it, you have to just, um make the most out of time because and think about what you want to do what is your end goal in in your life and in your time
1: so when you were going through that tough time and i've I've lost one of my my parents so i can relate to to that uh somewhat um i think it's different for everybody but it um it can be a, a very profound experience um uh and when you're going through that cluster of events that had you, you know, doing this soul searching, you, you already had a decent title in your professional life. And so it's, as you said, it seemed like from the outside, you know, everything's going perfect. What was it that you felt that going back to school or finding a pursuit of something else was going to provide you in that during that time. Because what strikes me as really interesting when I hear your story and similar stories is that there's actually an alternative plan to that, which is inaction or freezing or you know, depression or despair. Or retraction, right, going backwards. You were drawn towards, you know, um, you meant you called the life force uh, moving forward. But what do you think that was?
0: I was, I was really looking for perspective and a new set of tools to utilize to help me live a better life. And I was at the moment interested in leadership positions in, in corporate America. And I knew, you know, to advance as a leader, I felt like sometimes you get stuck in that VP title and, you know, to advance the more C-suite and, you know, my business has always been negotiating deals, crafting deals. And I want to get more into the venture world. I want to build next generation brands. And I felt like a law degree would just make me a stronger businesswoman, and, you know, allow me to work more effectively with my companies, with, with, every part of my, you know, in every part of my life. And it's it's a mindset. So I've always been thirsty for knowledge. And I felt like that was something that I went to these different summits throughout my career, but I was searching for something greater than that. And I think that, you know, it's never too late to uh, go back to school. I would never think that, I'd, you know, I'm going to end up graduating right before my 40th birthday next year. And what an opportunity, what an investment in myself, uh, for the first time, I, I would always put myself off to the side and, you know, uh, focus on my artists and my, my work and be at concerts sometimes five nights a week, which was my old life in my, you know, 20s, early 30s. But to really be intentional now about getting what I needed, that knowledge and power to help, you know, me in my career trajectory, I thought it was invaluable. And, and, and it was, you know, sometimes you don't see something in yourself. And when, you know, I heard about this program and I was going through a very difficult time with the divorce, right? As of during the same week that my application was due for law school, I'm like, how am I going to complete this all? And, you know, you need to ask people around you and your support system. A mentor of mine, uh, Lavinia Erico, who's the co-founder of Equinox said, you're going to go to law school. Like, this is what you need to do. I said, are you sure? Like, I have to, my parents have told me to, you know figure out my life on my my home front, my stepfather's last words were, will you move on with your life already? And he was in a, he was a chief chief district attorney, and I knew the importance of law in his eyes and in his world. And it just fueled me. And, um, you know, I was so grateful that I had this opportunity and I got in um, when I did to really you know, for me, it was my self love. It was me paying for my own education, me investing in myself at at a really pivotal point in my life.
2: You said something really important. You said to figure out your end goal and it kind of came together when you started talking about getting into venture. Um, because I would think that venture is probably going to be your end goal. And then you started thinking about the tools and resources that you would need. And, and I agree with you. I think having a law degree is going to be so essential if that's the direction that your uh, your path is kind of guiding you on. How did you decide that you wanted to get into venture? It was
0: interesting because a few years before you know, COVID, I, would, I found myself just going to every single VC event in Los Angeles and New York. I would fly. I would go learn wherever I could get in, wherever I could just soak up knowledge and learn from amazing people in the music business who've done it, um, like Troy Carter and, and you know, Guy O'Seri and just be studying and learning and reading everything I could get my hands on and, and you know, Charles King and Macro Ventures. So I started just reading and researching and uh, seeing how these brands are launching. Allison Felix just a few days ago announced her own, you know, Sneaker athleisure branded for women for mothers. What an amazing time as she's gearing up for the you know Olympics. So that's really exciting to me that world, and I'm excited to see how I can help and contribute and you know build the next generation brands that you know are here for the future.
2: Yeah, I think it's a reminder that we we should embrace our passions, and maybe our passions then become our goals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder how much of the insights or the voices that you heard that led you to take these steps came from the powerful female leaders that you were rubbing shoulders with throughout the XX project? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I asked that as a question, but uh, that's why I don't believe in altruism, right? Because You always are gaining even when you're doing your most charitable work. Mm -hmm. And that was probably a byproduct of all that sweat equity you put into, you know, bringing these conversations together that paid dividends at a later stage. When you needed those voices to appear, you could collect them from the past. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm inventing that because it's a romantic narrative. (laughs) uh, uh, It's a good one. Pretty plausible
0: well i've seen a lot of these women i sold o'brien was the first woman who i felt really embodied the xx project and i asked her to you know be my first speaker she said yes but i'm if you if you would moderate me and i almost had a heart attack so i'm like how am i going to moderate Dad? that sounds frightening to me but i loved her i, I mean the, the sacrifices she's a mother of many children, she, the hours she has to do to do what she does. And, you know, as she, she's philanthropic, she's super mom, she's super woman. And, you know, same thing to Pat Mitchell, uh, Beth Comstock. And these were some of the first women that I identified that I really respected and saw something. And I felt like they really represented what I was looking to build. And I asked them to participate and you know, just all this knowledge, all these years of just listening to amazing, powerful women. And I think you're right, Pablo, Like, but it is your support system and asking people and making yourself vulnerable to know when is the right time to ask for advice, ask for help to help catapult you in that new direction. So if you would have asked me a year ago, are you going to change your life? Are you going to fall into sports? Are you going to love sports? Are you going to lose 30 pounds, run 1600 miles, and I'm competing at the national championships in 24 days, I would say, you're absolutely nuts. Like, that's not me. Like, this is totally something that came out of just pure passion, but I showed up every single day and I did it. I did just one step forward, one step got easier. And and I think, you know, training has allowed me to gain even more confidence in overcoming life's hurdles. What I learned in track has allowed me to take that to, my business, my you know executive leadership, and sort of this new fresh perspective. because I mean, essentially, I overcame a personal challenge and intellectually um, as well as physically, totally transformed with the challenge of embracing sprinting. <laughs> learning a new sport that i knew nothing about i mean i was just running like forrest gump my coach said <laughs> and then also with law school going through a whole new wiring perspective to learn law um so i think you just the, the best advice is to just be open minded and it was really as i said my my dear friend lavinia who said no you're going to get that application done i said i don't have I don't know how I'm going to do that right now. I'm going through such challenging moments. The month of May last year was the hardest month. It was my birthday, but it was, I could barely pick up my head. But after she told me that I looked at her, she said, you're going to leave my house and go get that application done. I'm like, it's due in four days. And I rushed home. She called me that next morning. Is it done yet? Is it done? And I'm forever grateful because you need that kind of support, um, especially during times like this. And I, you know, she's I have featured her many of times through the XX community. But, you know, it's it's that kind of cyclical nature and mentorship that I think we all need and to be not be too proud, to be humble and know when to ask for advice and help to open and see broader, because sometimes you won't even see it yourself, because if you would have said you're going to go to law school and you're going to you know be an all-American athlete, now I'm going for my second title, I would have said, who are you talking about? That's not me. But now it's my life.
1: You're living proof that band kids can be jogs.
0: <laughs> this is true. I mean, there, there's quite a, a lot of age separation between <laughs> it, but uh, it, that that is true.
2: <laughs> it's funny because we have a common theme on this podcast. A majority of our guests are actually runners, and it's fascinating to me. I swear
1: I have nothing to do with this, and I know you're going to pin it on me, and it is just total coincidence, uh, or... It's that my theory that runners have very specific qualities that drive them in other areas of their life is true. And Michelle is just another proof point, data point for it.
2: So I agree with that statement. I think that um, I actually I'm not going to put the blame on you, Pablo. I think that it's a wonderful trait and it's actually it's something that I aspire for. So it's like an ongoing joke. Pablo has this routine. He flies out for competitions and these amazing, just like opportunities to run. And I, it's, it's something that I spectate uh, from the sidelines and I'm rooting him on. And in the back of my mind, I keep saying, I am going to start running. Tomorrow is going to be the day except tomorrow then becomes the day after. And the day after then becomes the day after. And even our last conversation still rings in my mind that I had with Pablo. He's like, Dahlia, you're going to love it. Just power through. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I need to do this. I need to just get into it. I need to do this. But how do you overcome, especially, I mean, look, you just applied to law school. You you went through your first year of law school. Somebody like me, where I'm saying only in this specific inter- instance, in no other area of my life does tomorrow become the day after. It's only running right now. How does tomorrow become right now?
0: I'll tell you how I started. Uh, it was interesting because a bunch of women from my women's group said right before you got married, wh- for your wedding, you were prepping by going to Equinox sometimes, you know, va- various times. Oh it was my not
1: really God, what one. a plug. I swear <laughs> I didn't even pay you for that.
0: It's true. Um, <laughs> uh, I haven't been to Equinox during the pandemic.
1: Okay, but I forgot
0: at it. But, um, it was interesting cause I would, I was the person who would be on the treadmill for about two miles in the steam room, 30 minutes minimum, um, you know, definitely on, on the cycling and that was more my thing. But right before I was, it was my wedding, I was at Shape House where I'd go in and, and, and sweat. Like I would just quickly, cause I'd, I was working so much as an agent that I would just quickly sweat get it in, sweat it out. Like, and and then keep going, get it in, sweat it out. And like, I dropped all this weight just before my wedding. Uh, Cause I literally didn't have time, um, time for myself. I was just lit, not eating healthy. I was out with clients. I was out six days a week, God knows. And I, it was interesting because a bunch of the women in my group, they're like, do you remember when, right before your wedding, this was your workout routine. And I was like, oh my goodness. And right before <laughs> I didn't want to admit to it, I, I was like, that was me. Um, but, uh, you know, I would, I, I would look forward to going to my Equinox, but never knew what time when, like it was always different. Um, and so it was interesting because right before COVID I, I started doing a lot of hot yoga, which I found a lot of peace. I love the music. I loved hot power fusion, the Bikram style. Um, and, uh, then when COVID hit, um, I was just, I, I, I took inspiration from my dear friend, Bozema St. John, she had an incredible trainer, Jerry Housie. And I remember when when she told me and committed to her journey in in fitness and wellness and to herself. And I was like, I'm going to try working with Jerry because I just needed someone to hold me accountable. And I had four sessions and COVID hit. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And then he called me um, you know, I just like, I got to keep going. Cause I w- I made a commitment. Um, and I, he said, we're going to do a challenge the month of April, 30 miles. And I said, are you nuts? I can't do 30 miles. But he said, that's like a mile a day. You can't do honor that and do that. And it's really struck a chord in me. I'm like, I can't do that. Are you kidding? Like, of course I can do that. I was, ma- I was max six to eight miles a day, just by one hour in the morning, one hour in the evening of honoring. I was like, instead of my commute time, I'm going to spend time on me. So that's what kind of got me going. And I I I went won that digital challenge on Nike Run App and my journey began. And from there, I was like, I'm not going to stop here. I found my way on the UCLA track because I was like, what does it feel like to be a student? I, want, I was hungry to see other like-minded people who were getting up there early, 6 a.m. every day. Um, and I just came alive. I've always like,
1: wanted to rock some UCLA swag.
0: Like, I'll get
1: you some. That feels like, you know, you... You kind of like especially in england it was like always the coolest person that would have some ucla swag like i don't know something about it
0: well now you i'll get you some cool jordan ucla swag that's the, that's <laughs> the new so i'm excited to you know get to go on campus in the fall and you know go on track you know i, I started training back on track in the last month it's been really such a blessing and it's where i i mean allison felix all the top athletes, I'm, I'm seeing them as they train. So it, it's really such a privilege to, um, you know, open your eyes and, and, you know, look, it's it's a great hobby. It's a passion. It's a hobby that's turned into a passion that's turned into a life, a lifestyle um, and beyond. So I think, you know, we never know where life leads, but to just one step forward. That's why I, I keep saying I was running for life, for my inner force. And now I just run, with life, you know, and, and and just see where the doors open, and you know, to get to have the opportunity after a pandemic to compete at the USATF National Championships in 20 in 24 days, I mean, I, of course you're nervous, but I'm nervous excited just to you know learn about this community and see everyone who's been really uh, bettering themselves during this time to put it out there, and you know, you seemed always
1: you had a glimmer of hope that this was actually something you would be good at because. I, recently, I've gotten into doing things that I suck at, and um, I've always been the guy that shows up. And I'm like, not to boast, but I'm kind of automatically good at something. And oh, so, but
2: not to boast.
0: <laughs> no, I, so,
1: so it's just like I. Well, if you have some basic athletic ability, it transfers to things, you know. And then if you're competitive, you try to be competitive in those various areas of your life. I'm not playing you in
2: any sport, you know, at some point I was going to be like, Pablo, would you want to go for a run with me? But you're going to be like,
0: Dahlia, keep up. What's going on here? (laughs) Um, I think I I have that competitive streak. I don't know if I was good at it. My coach always says um, it's not the age, it's the stage you know, and I think there was something in me that fired. that just was like, I I was always watching him as he was training everyone. And I, I wanted to learn more about the technique, but there was like that fire in me. So it's not if, and he always says, it's not just the talent, it's like the training, the discipline, you know, I might not have the talent of certain other sprinters or like having a life of, you know, training as an athlete, but I have that kind of showing up for myself each day. And it's, it's the honoring myself and my self-love. It sets my day and I'm having fun with it. I wouldn't there consider that- I was a
1: point where you were like, I, I I don't totally suck at this. I'm actually good enough to maybe beat a couple of these other girls. And, you know, what was the indicator? That had to have been some indicator. You showed up one day and that you clocked a time that you were like, dang, that was fast. Or the coach was like, hey, Michelle, have you figured, have you thought about you know, competing or something? Like, what was that moment where you knew there was something?
2: And and also, did it go through your mind, I don't totally suck at this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think just um my my times kept dropping, um, and I kept seeing that kind of improvement with each race and, and you know, the, I just started competing with the blocks last month in Chula Vista, the second time I raced on the Olympic training track. And that was the first time I used the blocks. I mean, everyone else was not, was using the blocks and all this time. And I, I had to go through all those races, not using the blocks to gain that confidence. So I looked very different from everyone else. Um, so I think just that, not that, not naivete, like just being, you know, um, like a, like a kid just trying to be your best and putting it all out there. And, you know, um, I run in honor of my stepfather. I run in honor of, you know, friends who are suffering from certain things. I run in honor of, you know, loving myself and caring for myself in this new journey and the fight for other women, other, you know, circumstances. And um I kind of just kept seeing a progress. And I have a great coach who always encourages me and says, it's not about, you don't have to place number one, but if you PR each time, like, and, and beat your time, like, that's what it's about. So, um, in, in at my stepfather's one year mark, um, I ran the 60 meters and made an all American time. And I realized at that point that why not see where we're, you know, where this can take me. And the goal, next goal was, all right, let's try hundred meters and see what will happen. And so that's what I'm striving for. I've seen my um, progress and the times drop significantly. So, you know, for me, I just want to, you know, see it through and see, you know, if you do the training every day, then, you know, hopefully, and you're still having fun. If, if I wasn't having fun doing it, then I would stop doing it. But I, it's also made me think about as I learn about this sport, uh, other track, Athletes, You know, it, it, it isn't um, out there as much as it should in this country. Um, and, and there's not, you know, a lot of investments in the track space. Um, and I think there's a big opportunity to make uh, track even more, um, you know, m- more accessible to people of all ages, not just when you're a, a college athlete or a, a student, but to bring it to older people like myself who, you know, just want to have fun with it and see where, you know, it's a community-wide affair for young kids, for parents and, and beyond. I once competed with somebody in their later, you know, mid seventies and what an amazing gift to be That's able what to- I'm waiting
1: for. I'm actually waiting to do my track breakout as a number one track athlete in my seventies so that I can give the, uh, the other guys a run for their money. I think that's where I'll compete.
0: I thought well, you I think for me. somebody in their 70s. <laughs> <laughs> also, you and me are gonna have to start making some of these trips together. So yeah. the next thing is some international you travel know,
1: travel. Planet doctor. We had a guest who's like uh, I think he holds a title or something. He's like a yeah. he's definitely up there, like um top three um in the in the sprint in the 50, in his 50s. Wow. Yeah, you'd love you know that. we need
2: to organize? We need to organize something with all of our guests where everybody goes for a run together. And but we compete. Yeah, it should be a competition. <laughs> and I am in charge of giving out the
0: prize. <laughs> you know, and I'm definitely going to try asking, and win that one.
1: The reason I was asking you specifically about those questions is because we try to get to the root of motivation. And a lot of people are curious to understand, well, at what point did you know? What point did you have reinforcement to move forward? Or what was the trigger to motivate you? And we know it's not linear. We know there are peaks and valleys to motivation. We know that there are all different types of sources that commitment, you talked about commitment. Uh, I didn't wanna interrupt you, but commitment is a key ingredient to motivation. You talked about routine And discipline, the discipline of when you were a musician and you had to go through certain, you know, which now transfers to law school, which then transfers to the track. So these are all themes within motivation. The one to me that I was trying to get to was understanding. That 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 breaking point, that barrier that you you know that you get over, because I think that sometimes there's a barrier that's in front of you, and that is the defining one. It, some people call it a crossroads, right? But I was curious to to find out like what was the barrier that was placed in front of you that you got over, because usually after you've gone over a barrier or a hurdle, that's when people go full on. um... I
0: I think we're just at the tipping point because as I shared my last race, which was my sixth race, I just started with the starting blocks. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited because I'm just really starting. I'm embracing those blocks. I see how they're helping me get to this next stage in what I can really perform. And um, I think having that kind of Excitement around it, and having these different tools and resources. Like I never, like I, I, I know I'm, I'm getting better, but I don't even think I've discovered the real. At- you know, the inner athlete where I'm at my like top time. And I'm excited to see what these next 24 days with adjustments of what I'm doing in my life. And I'm starting to train with my coach twice a day, uh, what that's going to do to get certain results of uh, my coach always says, you're going to do something. We're going out there across the country to Iowa, two flights to get there almost six hours to do something that's never been done before. So that's I'm going to
1: last 8.9 seconds.
0: Correct. So that's the amazing thing about track. You train all year just for the matter of those seconds. So it's just, and those are tears of joy, tears of blood, sweat, and pain. And this, you know, I'm I'm up 5am training every day. Like it's, it's a sacrifice, you know, Um, but it's also exciting to push your body and mind to a place that it's never been before. And I think that that's what needs to motivate you. And it wasn't, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds. Oh, I want to do this. Like I could barely pick myself up. So if I could help motivate people to also just one step, try something different and not be scared. I wasn't, I'm always a risk taker. I'm always very curious and I push it. I'm very competitive. <laughs> so, you know, being able to just one step, try something different because then you get hooked and then you realize what works in your life, in your rhythm and finding your rhythm to live a better life.
2: Michelle, this has been so fascinating just to hear what drives you, but is there anything that you procrastinate?
0: Um, Sometimes my law school reading on the weekends, because I have to do it for many of hours at a time. So um, that's something I procrastinate at times, you know, because when you're working full time and um, in school multiple nights a week and having to get that in and the amount of reading, um, that's been something that has been a hurdle to overcome in in school um, and I have to admit, it could, you know, reading some of these challenging cases from the 1800s, that that makes you want to procrastinate. So, um, you know, it's just being able to, um, I've learned, be more patient um, and also, uh, you know, not put as much pressure, learn the sort of strategy, same way in running, you know, certain distances. What, how can I consume you know, um, in a different way. So that way it doesn't become like an overbearing, um, you know, feat. and also, you know, being super intentional. I've had to be more kind, um, with my words, with certain things that way I don't, you know, um, overwhelm yourself because to accomplish what I've been, you know, I, I have a full plate. My coach always says, you always, you only have so much on your plate at any given time. So I you don't want to put
1: self-talk. all of it but so is this self-talk you're talking about?
0: Yes, yes, self-talk to yourself and the words and and that way like oh you know not saying that this is you know super difficult or this sucks. I don't want to do it, like finding another way to talk about certain experiences to then make it easier to just dive in. You know, I've had to do it to learn how to get out of the blocks and really, you know adapt what the, how they're going to help my performance and help me drop seconds in a whole new way. But, um, I think being able to take smaller bites sometimes and, um, not overwhelm yourself. And, you know, sometimes you just, you can't work and burn yourself out. So knowing when to say no and sleep and just take care of, you know, your downtime, I think you need to be really, you know, kind to yourself when you're trying to accomplish these types of goals.
2: I I get it that, like, the 1800s, the readings from the 1800s is actually probably very intense and, and requires a lot of mental energy, but I feel like anybody would procrastinate that. Is there any type of, like, just regular activity that you find yourself procrastinating? Like, even right down to, like, I don't know, cleaning or, I don't know, something, something like normal that people would go through. And the reason I ask that is because I feel like at a certain point, we hit like a mental and a physical bandwidth, right? And we try to push ourselves so hard, but at a certain point we reach our max. And and I'm actually personally just curious, what is your max?
0: Um, Well, I think cooking is probably something that, you know, if I had a family and uh wonderful partner that I'm manifesting to cook for every day, then I probably would love to do it more. But when it's just for me and I have to, you know, quickly eat because I have this amount of time before I start school, I, you know, it, that's been a challenge. And and cleaning as well. You, you can't be super like, I think always in life, certain things have to take the back burner or sacrifice. You know, I've had really honest conversations with a lot of relationships because I've had to, you know, um, I'm in school three nights a week minimum. So I can't, be out with friends or weekends I'm studying all day long. So it's a different you have to, you know, be communicative and realistic with certain sacrifices. So and then cleaning, I'll admit my mom just came here the first time I saw her year and a half and um, I was really excited I cleaned the place but you know my mom is a perfectionist and um, definitely uh, didn't think my job was an A plus so I'd like to win the, the next All-American race for cleaning. Um, so I think, you, you know, we just have to know that you can't do it all. But luckily, you have people who can, you know, shift space, create space to create a new energy. It certainly feels different here. Um, sad to have her go last night. But, um, you know, I, I think just being uh, fair to yourself and knowing, you know, your, your systems that make you efficient in, in your business and your productivity. I think productivity is key.
1: You know when somebody's interviewing for a job and they have something on their resume, and then they uh, somebody asks them that question, and they like aren't able to to meet whatever that demand was. I saw on your LinkedIn that you speak Polish.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I'm about to put you on the spot. <laughs> you have to say something to us in Polish.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, bardzo lubię biegac okay <laughs>
1: okay okay i was just testing i need to make sure i have no idea what you just said but it sounded legit
0: i said i love running and i love my mother Aww. and you know i've always wanted to utilize that skill set because it's my heritage that immigrant mind mentality i'm not even first generation i was born in london my dad is british so um those are my roots and there's so much of my, the polish culture and uh the way i was brought up that has given me that thirst and hunger and desire and that burn that sort of fire in me um because my parents always gave everything to education they always you know my mom said you could accomplish anything all you have to do is just set your mind to it so i'm so grateful for that upbringing i upbringing and i hope one day that i could take my polish heritage and you know apply it in my professional life because it would be so rewarding to you know do something or in in poland or be able to utilize the language uh to do business
2: Um, yeah that is
0: really cool (laughs) so
2: you just started this new job last week and you're managing a lot new job um you're still in law school (laughs) um a lot of running happening you have a coach that's like literally motivating you to to
0: continue pursuing this only as a passion how are you balancing it all I'm balancing it the same way I have in the last year. So, um, you know, as I said, I'm really realistic about my hours. I know what I need in terms of my sleeping to make sure my body gets enough rest and, you know, uh, setting certain goals, certain timeframes to accomplish those things. So, um, I go to bed every night at nine 30, I'm up by five. Um, I am always a morning person. So, uh, I think that, that I know I need to, in order to heal from the, you know to the training i do um and my my workouts sets my day um i start my work and uh you know it's a blessing that i have this summer to to you know experience certain things in terms of the race because i'm off from school so it's the perfect time for the national championships and I'm just excited to because i know what i'm doing makes me a better leader i know that this will help me be more effective in my leadership and what I can bring to a company in my vision. I, I think bigger and, um, you know, it's, it, it's inspired me. So I know that this system works, um, for now, always, you need to adjust your systems, you know, after this race, I'm probably going to shift my, you know, workouts and do something different. Cause I'm right now I'm working for speed and also weight training, but it's going to be a different type of exercise after. You know i get through to this race because you can't keep going at this full speed as you said you don't want to injure yourself or burn out. So, um, you know, I know that this system works. It requires, you know, commitment, sacrifice. Um, I'm going to be training in the evenings now, getting ready for, you know, this big race and and then reassessing. I think it's going to be an exciting end of month. Um, It's really fulfilling to complete certain things and celebrate those completions because finishing your first year of law school, getting the best grades you have, you know, being able to have the privilege to get to go to the national championships and experiencing this kind of you know professional race. this is a once in a lifetime moment. so um, you know being able to be present for these moments and um, you know just just keep doing what what helps you find joy in life. I Michelle. love this
1: idea of the you know being a better leader because of your personal endeavors and I'm a big advocate of that. and I think that part of the reason that I support my team's personal endeavors, is that as they grow as people outside of work because of achievement? I can't give you, I can't give you a uh, massive you know applause like the applause mm-hmm. of the people who will be spectators, right? I can't give you the medal that you may get if you place first, second, or third. So it helps me when you go on to do interesting things in your personal life and get that positive reinforcement because you come back to me as a person with broader shoulders, their chest out, their chin up, more confident, yes, you know, it's, yeah, you know, and I think that that is um, something a lot of companies unfortunately don't understand, you know.
0: and I, I think um, company culture is so important right now, Pablo, and that's um, super important to have leaders who really believe in that and take all that is And, you know, push that because you don't want to have someone who's always burnt out or someone who's depressed or, you know, you want to motivate your team. So finding a company like I have that's taken all of me as an executive and giving me the platform to really build is super exciting. And that really embraces you know, wonderful lifestyle that I've created to be more effective, efficient in how I, you know, conduct myself in business. So I'm excited to see and, and not always know where this can go, but, uh, you know, you just got to gotta keep building and climbing that ladder, as my coach says, climb the ladder and, and don't look down, just keep climbing up.
2: <laughs> Michelle, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Can you leave us with a one-liner of uh
0: words of inspiration that we could share with our audience. Someone once asked me what is the one word that you held on to when it was difficult for you and, um, or that motivated you. And I, I was, it took me a minute to really think because it wasn't dedication, commitment, perseverance. It wasn't those words. So I, I challenge a lot of people like think what that word is to you for me at the time, it was, um, something that was given to me as a gift, right. When my stepfather had passed a few days before his daughter had given me a bracelet that I wear when I race each and every day. And it says, breathe. And that breathe that breath, um, being there when my stepfather took his last breath really was something that just, I look at it every time I race, I wear it every single time. And I kind of just like, sometimes you just got to, Take that breath, you know, when you're when you're lost, when you're feeling good, when you want to, you're so excited, you just need to take that breath. Um, And breath is all we have, so I think that in time is the two words that I just say, you know, think about how you can find that breath and uh, take the time to, you know, really discover your your true purpose and your authentic self. I love love that. that.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm going to take from today's conversation. It's not the age, it's the stage.
0: Well that's Coach Rucker, my, and, my coach. Uh,
1: and I love that because <laughs> there's a lot more to that statement than 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 just the statement i mean you'll have
0: to come i'll set it, or when we come out to the east coast with coach uh he'll definitely have to give you some sessions because he's he's a magical force and a mentor who's really opened up my eyes and so grateful because that's just one of many i have a whole quote book he needs his own uh, book of those types of quotes but uh the wisdoms i call him coach yoda <laughs> coach thank you, yoda. Thank you so that. much
1: yeah. You're fabulous. And we are going to be cheering for you so hard
2: in 24 days from now. Thank you, Michelle.
0: Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity.
2: Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the Motivated Podcast and also stay tuned on LinkedIn and Instagram for some behind the scenes and extra updates.